<clears throat> I suppose that we all have our own way of preparing for Christmas, but however we approach it, I guess it features in one way or another the inevitable list for the Christmas cards, and then they start to arrive, and oh dear, we need to add that one, because that was not on our list. And when it's all over, we find those that we've sent to and haven't sent to us. And so maybe that's one that we can save for next year. But there's the inevitable list of Christmas cards, the list of presents, who we're going to buy or what we're going to buy for who. Buying the presents and then that big shop at the supermarket. When can we judge it so that the crowds are not there in its peak time? And then finally, the big day comes. It's Christmas Day. And so as we read in the Bible, in the Old Testament, surprisingly, uh, when we find the actual birth of Jesus in the New Testament, but it's all through the Old Testament we find that God too was preparing for that very first Christmas. And he prepared it superbly well. Nothing forgotten. Not a detail overlooked. I keep six honest serving men. They taught me all I know. Their names are what and where and when and how and why and who. From uh, Rudyard Kipling's The Elephant's Child. And each of these honest serving men demonstrate how well God prepared for his son to come into the world as the prophets show us. Who was it that will come? And we've just read, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. How is it going to happen? The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Where is it going to take place? Another prophet, Micah, says, But you, Bethlehem Ephrata, though you're little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be the ruler in Israel. And what's he going to be called? We've just heard Isaiah say he's going to be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We've just heard again from Isaiah that they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And then Mary and Joseph are told that you are to give him the name Jesus. But why was he coming? Well, his name is to be called Jesus because he will save his people from their sins, says the Bible. When is he going to be coming? Well, as Christians today wait for the coming again of the Lord Jesus, the Bible says that no man knows the time, the day, the hour. So it was with that first coming of Jesus. But the Bible uses phrases like this. When the time had fully come, it was according to God's timetable. When the time had fully come, God sent his son, 
And Paul tells us that it was at just the right time that God sent his son into the world. And so over the many centuries, God prepared for the Messiah to come. I read this afternoon that someone has estimated that there's something like 80 prophecies that were fulfilled when Jesus was born. And when Jesus prepared over those centuries for the Messiah to come, for Jesus to be born, the Bible says it was all just as the prophets had said. That amazing, that spectacular birth announcement. And I want us to think just for a few moments about how the shepherds responded to that and consider how it might be applied in our own lives as we consider the angel's message. Their first response, uh, as we read in verse 9, was that they were filled with fear. They were terrified. And if you can imagine the scene, the shepherds peacefully out in the fields watching their flocks. It was night time, so perhaps feeling a little sleepy. And suddenly, the whole sky is filled with bright light as the angel of the Lord appeared before them. And if you were in that situation, I just wonder how you might react. But here we see the shepherds' first response. They were filled with fear. Perhaps this is often our first reaction, our first response when we come face to face with God. We are afraid. We may ask ourselves, are we good enough? Can we measure up to his holy standards? Is God going to be angry with us? At this time, the shepherds were despised members of society. They had a reputation of being thieves. And it was so bad that they weren't even allowed to testify in court. And it was to these despised shepherds that uh, God brought the message of salvation. So you can quite understand their initial reaction of fear. Their second response was to listen to the message. And uh, this was after they had been reassured, be not afraid, they were told. The angel reassured them. And we see their response of listening. This was the message of good news, of great joy for all people. Do we listen to the message the angels brought almost 2,000 years ago? There is a Savior, Christ the Lord. We sing Christmas carols and we attend Christmas concerts and services. We hear the Christmas story read and dramatized. And yet, are we really listening to the message of the Christmas season? There is a Savior, Christ the Lord. This Christmas season, may we hear the angel's message. Perhaps for some it might be the first time. A further response from the shepherds was that they heard and responded to that message. And uh, the angel that first brought the message was suddenly joined by a multitude of the heavenly host as they sang, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. So as the angel was delivering this message to the shepherds, this whole multitude joined. They began to worship and praise God. What a glorious sight that must have been, both to see and to hear. The angels were saying glory to God in the highest, and as we'll see later, the shepherds heard and worshipped themselves, as they would also praise God, as the angels had showed them. During this Christmas season, do we hear the angels' worship? Do we hear and respond to the angels' worship as they sing, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men, with whom he is pleased? Or are we distracted with shopping, cooking, and decorating, 
so that we don't have time to hear the angelic worship. Amid the busyness of the Christmas season, let us make time for God. Let us take time to worship God. A further response from the shepherds was that they were obedient and they followed the shepherds' instructions. Verse 15, we read that they were told to go to Bethlehem and they did so. The angel had told them about the birth of Christ's child. Now the shepherds are responding to this information. God tells us about the birth of his son. He tells us that there is a saviour. He tells us how we may be saved. Are we listening to this message? Are we willing to follow his instructions? Or do we want to go our own way? The shepherds did not go their own way. They left their sheep to find the saviour. A further response in verse 16, we read that they went with haste. Once they'd made up their minds to go to Bethlehem, the shepherds did not delay finding the Saviour. For anyone who does not know Christ as their Saviour, I urge you to also act with haste. Do not put off finding the Saviour, the one who will cleanse you from all your sins. As you commit your life to him, you will know peace with God, the kind of peace that the angels spoke about. A further response was that they listened and told others of the great news that the shepherd had shared with them. Verses 17 and 18, we were told that they made it known, they spread the word that had been passed to them. They listened to that message of the angels, and they had found a baby, and they responded by telling others about the angel's message. As they told the story of the angel's message, they must have made quite an impression, because in verse 18 we heard that all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. Let us, like the shepherds, share the good news of Christ's coming so that our friends and family and neighbours can also experience God's love. And finally, they worshipped God. In those final verses, 19 and 20, they returned glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen. And as I conclude, I want us to think about the shepherds' response as they worshipped God. God had chosen these lowly shepherds to announce the birth of his son. He had dispatched angels with the heavenly message. The shepherds traveled to Bethlehem and found the Messiah, the Savior of the world. Now they returned, glorifying and praising God. God has chosen us to be part of his family. None of us are rich, none of us are famous, and yet God has chosen us to hear the good news. Let us glorify and praise God, especially at this Christmas time, for all that we have seen and heard. Emmanuel, and then he adds, so that we know what it means, which means God with us. Who is the they, we'll call him, Emmanuel, God with us. That's said at the very beginning of the Gospel of Matthew, one of the biographies of Jesus recorded in the New Testament for us. That's the very start. It's the first chapter of Matthew's Gospel. He will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And then if you turn right to the very end of Matthew, the very last verse of Matthew, Matthew is talking to his disciples. Of course, the teaching and ministry of Jesus had taken place. His healings and wonderful parables and all the rest have taken place. His death and his resurrection had taken place. And now he's leaving them. And as he leaves them, he says to them, I'm sending you out into the world. 
tell everybody about what I have done and who I am, and surely I will be with you even to the end of the age. So Matthew bookends his biography at the beginning, God with us, and at the end he says, I will be with you to the very end. And that's actually not all. In the middle, Matthew is the only one who records both of those things. And uh, in the middle of it, Matthew also records something else that Jesus said. He's talking now to his friends and he says, Where two or three of you meet in my name, there I will be with you. So this evening, as we're meeting in his name, he is here with us. So you have these three things. He came as a baby so that he can be with us. When we meet in his name, he says, I will be with you. When you go out into the world, even to the end of the age, I will be with you. And all of that is because of this baby born in Bethlehem. In fact, the New Testament writers echo it a bit further on. And one of the writers of the New Testament wrote that Jesus says, never, or God says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And that's why we sing songs like, Joy to the world, the Lord has come. It really is joyful news. I mean, there are some carols that we sing, and to be honest, I haven't the faintest idea what some of them mean. Have you noticed that? Well, I say I haven't the faintest idea, I can guess, I suppose. But I mean, in the bleak midwinter, frosty winds made moan, earth stood hard as iron, Water like a stone. Snow had fallen, snow on snow, snow on snow, in the bleak midwinter long ago. Really? Bethlehem? Snow like that? I mean, snow is very unusual in that part of the world, which you would expect at a latitude of 31 degrees and 34 minutes north. That's on the same level as Algiers in Africa. So though they did get some cold weather, it was hardly snow like that, snow on snow, snow on snow. And if it had been one of those periods, you can pretty well guarantee that the shepherds were not out on the hills looking after their sheep at night. Because when the winter came, they took them all down into the valleys to look after them down in the valleys. But that's what the carol says. But we enjoy singing it nonetheless, at least I do. Or once in royal David's city, says, tears and smiles like us he knew. But then we sing away in a manger, the little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. So which is true, tears and smiles like us he knew, or the little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. Well, I don't know. And it's poetic license, isn't it? I mean, we, we haven't sung it this evening, but brightest and best are the sons of the morning. Dawn on our darkness and lend us thine. Who are the brightest and best of the sons of the morning? Is that just a poetic way of speaking about the angels? Perhaps it is. But I don't know. I really don't know. You, you're going to come and tell me afterwards, aren't you now, what, what it actually means. Or lo, on his cradle, the dewdrops are shining. Really? Do you think Mary would have allowed that to happen, the dewdrops on Jesus' cradle? I, I doubt it. It came upon a midnight clear, that glorious song of old, from angels bending near the earth to touch their harps of gold. Well, I didn't read any about any harps of gold. Or still through the cloven skies, there come with peaceful wings unfurled. I'm not even sure from the Bible that angels have wings. doesn't refer to them in the Bible anyway. It does with cherubim and seraphim, but not angels. 
Well, poetic license means that they're probably speaking of truth even if the actual words are not exactly accurate. And that's why I don't mind singing them because they're surely speaking of truth. But when it comes to joy to the world, the Lord has come. We can say, oh yes, that's great because Jesus has come. He's come amongst us. The one who came to be Emmanuel, God with us, he has come. Not only to come on that one occasion, But whenever we meet, he's with us. And when we go out in his name, he's with us because Jesus has come. So as we celebrate Christmas, what does it really mean to you? What does it really mean to me? What does it really mean to us as we meet to worship him? Well, it is sentimental in many ways. And we often think of it as being centered around children and boys and girls and so on. And families and friends. But the greatest thing of all is that Jesus is amongst us. And because of that, we can know him. So tomorrow, the next day, next Sunday, Monday afterwards, on into January, February, March, whatever they may bring, that's why he came to be with us. How terrible it is, therefore, that we sometimes just choose to reject him and ignore him when he says, come to me after all, The Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. You're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And because he saves us from our sins through what he did on the cross, we can say God is with us. How wonderful that is. So let's stand to sing the next carol.